Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 236, where we'll be discussing common sources, maybe some surprising sources of toxicity, and detox updates. Yes, so it's been a minute since we've really talked full on about detox. Episode 163, I think, was the last one that was really dedicated to detox. And then episode 84 is our ever popular Why You Need Detox with Keto. Yes, and I feel like although we cover detox intermittently in many episodes, like just recently on the post-surgical protocol and the importance of upregulating the biochemical pathways, it's always good for a refresh. And honestly, I had to do this episode because two of the sources of toxins were alarming to me, and I feel like you all need to know about them. So stay tuned for that. We are recording this the week that I will be doing another 10-day detox. So I hope that you all took advantage Two weeks ago, we did a flash sale on our Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs. Um, So hopefully you got your packs ready. And we will also link in today's episode the free detox webinar that we did back in 2019. Um, To refresh you on the protocol, you can get the ebook for just $9.99. Or Becky, do we want to do a deal on the ebook? Sure. Let's we can be sweet, right? Let's be sweet. Okay. Let's be real sweet. Let's give it to him for a dollar ninety-nine. Okay. So for um the next two weeks, we will do the detox protocol for just a dollar ninety-nine um using the code podcast detox. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> podcast detox. Podcast <laughs> detox will do the trick. Um so make sure you download that. That has all of the kind of rules and rigmarole of how to do the 10-day protocol. So our 10-day detox again if you haven't done it is amazing. It's a great way to push the reset button on clean eating and keep you inspired on the abundance of food as medicine. It works in a bell curve, if you will, where the protocol has two day increments. So you have the same goals for days one and two, days three and four, days five and six, and so forth. And within the protocol, we emphasize how to reset your metabolism restore optimal digestive function and renew your cellular health, which is really in that renewing of cellular health, the emphasis of the sulfur-containing amino acids, that encapsulation and excretion and protection of your DNA of your body, which is all very important in this time as we all live in a dirty, disgusting world. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and Byron and I are looking forward to joining you on the detox as well as we just come up a weekend in Fredericksburg, wine country of Texas. Um, So I'll be doing kind of a modified approach while breastfeeding where I'm doing the diet and just taking one detox pack at bedtime because Noah is now sleeping through the night. So I feel really confident that if I take that right after his last feed, I'm going to have some time to kind of process and filter before I feed him in the morning. 
So yeah, that lymphatic system, which regulates the breast milk production and also the excretory function of the detox process is going to recycle that lymphatic flow. So it's not sitting stagnant in the breast milk. And actually we have a question on that. So we'll go a little deeper down that at the end of today's episode. Um, other updates that we have rocking for you guys is that we are open enrollment for our 12 week food as medicine ketosis program, which starts on May 5th. So so we hope that you will join us if you have not participated yet and you love the podcast. It is a must do. Everyone loves it. It's a deep dive into functional medicine and really learning about how a low carb diet can serve you so that you don't burn out your thyroid and adrenals, but instead you support your HPA access, that stress regulation system. You balance hormones, you improve your digestive function and so much more. It is really high level information and you do get to re-watch the videos. We hold it over the lunch hour on Wednesdays and the first class is May 5th. It's every other week and you can sign up at AllieMillerRD slash ketosis hyphen class. Yes, please join us over there. All right, before we dive in, let's have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Fond Bone Broth. We know that Fond takes a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about very seriously in terms of making their bone broth exclusively in stainless steel. They're using well water with naturally occurring minerals, and they're also testing it daily for excellence, which we're going to get into water quality in a little bit. So that's really, really important. Yes. And then, you know, from simmer to seal, they are using that stainless steel in the cooking process. And then they're using glass jars in the storage. So we're not worried about leaching there. They use sustainably sourced produce from organic farms and they have cage-free chicken and they're coming out with a beef bone broth. I know I've been teasing it, but I haven't tried it yet. I know it's coming soon and I can't wait to share that with all of you as well. I know that that will be best quality grass-fed beef bones as well. And what I really love about Fond is that they really take this functional approach of synergy of ingredients. So they hand select ingredients that are paired to optimize both absorption of nutrients or kind of the function of each broth. So more anti-inflammatory with that turmeric and cracked pepper, um, more supportive for metabolic health with the beets and hot peppers. I'd also be going for a detox with that capsaicin. And we know beetroot can really support with bioflow, which is that phase one detox support. And they really are like a sous chef in your kitchen. I have so much fun playing with their flavor profiles. If you have not tried Fond Bone Broth, you must go on over to fondbonebroth.com slash AllieMillerRD. Um, try a subscription. You will thank me. I love using these, especially like coming off the heels. I was sipping on some broth last night after Fredericksburg. the first thing I did when I got home. <laughs> totally. And I love that you don't have to thaw it. It's all ready. Just grab it, heat it up on the stovetop, and a really good way to just kind of ring out, reset, Give that gut some love in the facelift for the gut with that collagen, gelatin, and L-glutamine and um, really great way to show your body some love. So go on over to fondbonebroth.com slash AllieMillerRD and let them know that you found out about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast. All right, let's do this thing. So let's kick off with just a quickie refresher. What exactly is detoxification? So we hear about this all the time from the calorie in, calorie out squad, which you guys know how we feel about them, um, that you have a liver and kidneys. You don't need to do a detox. Your body does that for you. But let's get a little bit more nerdy and just talk detox pathways as well as how you can upregulate them and what a biochemically sound protocol looks like. Yes. So there are three 
noted biochemical reactions of detoxification. And when we're talking about detox pathways, we're often talking about the cytochrome P450 pathways of the liver, which are thought of in pharmacological uh, sciences of how we metabolize a lot of medications and drugs. And so I think that if we're acknowledging that there is a pathway in the liver that detoxifies a drug (laughs) and detoxifies other contaminants, be them environmental, or we'll get into sources of toxins in a moment, that yes, that's a detox pathway. (laughs) Um, There's also sulfonoration and gluconoridation as a couple more to mention. Um, But we think of phase one of the detox reaction to be where we are taking a toxin that was fat soluble and converting it into water solubility by activating the liver with oxygen and particular upregulation of enzyme pathways. So the biochemical reactions that occur in phase one of detox are oxidation, reduction, hydrolysis, that's that water component there, hydration. And so when we're looking at phase one reactions, there are requirements of particular nutrients that support these mechanisms of action. So we think of our entire B vitamin family. And again, if we're thinking of the toxin of alcohol, we know that with alcoholism, there's a lot of chronic depletion of B vitamins because they're higher taxed or demanded with that constant exposure to toxicity. So B vitamins are really important in this place, and especially the B vitamins in the forms that are methyl donors. So like methylcobalamin for B12 and methylfolate, which you'll see in all of the naturally nourished supplement forms. And having a B complex added in to our phase one detox support is a big component there. We also look at minerals like selenium, zinc, manganese. These play a big role with that phase one. We look at flavonoids, um, so compounds that are going to uh, drive that bile flow and support liver. So we would look at like cimilarin, which is in milk thistle seed and has been shown to actually regenerate hepatic cells or liver cells. Uh, So very powerful liver support there. And then we're thinking of bile drivers. So like I mentioned beetroot as one, we'd also look at artichoke, watercress, These drive that hydration, that dilution or diuretic effect, and the bile flow. So we're activating in the liver and converting something that was fat soluble into water solubility. Then phase two is really looking at excretion through conjugation. So we're looking to emphasize sulfur-containing amino acids that are going to aid in escorting the toxins out of the body. So this requires the liver through bile flow to drive excretion through the stool. We know that that aids in that conjugation or gathering in the stool mass. Um, Also, the kidneys are going to convert that blood into urine, and we'll see that excretion through the urinary process. And then we will see some excretion through sweat, But the phase two pathways require sulfation, gluconoridation, conjugation, and methylation. And so we're looking at, again, those amino acids like glycine, taurine, glutamine, cysteine, methionine, N-acetylcysteine, and glutathione, the grandmama antioxidant. And when we look at this combination here, it's important to note that we want to ensure that we have ample phase two support. Um, There's even a phase three of detox, which is actually the excretion, which that would be like the actual fecal output or the urination or the sweating um, or um, breakdown um, release, if you will. Um, But we do know that for individuals that have some hindrance in their phase two enzyme pathways, that they're more prone to more oxidative stress um, and that they can actually have damage 
damage that can be seen to the level of their DNA and RNA. Um, so what happens is they'll upregulate that activation of toxins in phase one, making more reactive molecules, or you may have heard the term um, free radicals. And um, that oxidative stress can actually create more damage or havoc if not paired with antioxidant support. So in our Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs, we actually have one capsule devoted to phase one activity, and that's going to have a lot of those compounds that drive that bile and liver flow. And then that milk thistle seed is in there as well. And then we have a particular blend of antioxidant formula that protects that intermediary oxidative stress. And then we have three pills for the phase two support, which is actually also our product, Ultimate Detox. And that's where you get that, that whole gamut of those sulfur-containing amino acids. So we strategically give you a three-to-one ratio of phase two to phase one detox support, and then also layer in that antioxidant blend to protect against that potential damage. And that's really why we've wrapped on other episodes on how a juice cleanse right. is not a detox. Right. If you yep. want to vibe on that a little yep. bit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So when you're doing that juice cleanse, you're getting all of that like phase one support or a good amount of it from, you know, the flavonoids in our juices. Plus you're going to be hypocaloric. So you're breaking things down, but then you're not giving the support to actually encapsulate and excrete. So it's like you're kind of taking a bath over and over in that same dirty water and your body's actually going to resorb some of those toxins. Um, so I used to see people doing juice cleanses where they'd actually have, you know, a worsened autoimmune flare or yeah. all of a sudden they'd have allergic hives for the first time in their lives. And it's because they've upregulated uh, that detox, but they're not able to actually get rid of it safely from the body. And, you know, when you're doing a juice cleanse, you're not getting fiber, which helps with excretion, but you're also not getting those sulfur containing amino acids. Like nobody's juicing cauliflower and broccoli, maybe a little bit of kale, but not a whole heck of a lot of, of right. kind of oats, more of those like cruciferous vegetables. And if only done raw, then you're getting a lot of goitrogen oh, yeah. impact on that, yeah. which is going to hinder metabolism. And yeah. most people are doing a detox to get a little bit of a, you know, boost for weight loss too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So all of that nerdy stuff, let's go a little bit deeper um, on the lymphatic system for a moment. So you mentioned kind of uh, even breastfeeding being part of this lymphatic system. Um, so I don't think we've given maybe enough justice in past episodes to shaking it up or breaking up stagnant lymph. So let's just talk about that. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about the benefits of sauna and that would be one way to kind of get into there. And as I mentioned briefly, that's phase three of detox is the excretion truly. So the encapsulation to get excreted is phase two. And then the output itself is going to be through urination, through sweat. So that's where the sauna would help with that liberation. And then through feces. Um, the lymphatic system really works to pick up and destroy the waste and toxins that we encounter on a daily basis. And we have our macrophage cells from our white blood cells that actually consume and destroy these toxins. And then our urinary tract system and liver aid in that elimination process. So if we're doing something like a uh, massage, that's one way to really get into that, we call it stagnant lymph, right? Or the, the lymphatic system can get overburdened. Um, and especially we'll see this like connected to virus. Um, so if we talk about um, a lot of people will get swollen lymph nodes mm -hmm. like around their throat area, right? Or um, in their armpit area. 
And that's an indicator that we'll see with individuals that have autoimmune conditions or like Epstein-Barr, or we can hear that with like the long hauler COVID stuff. Yeah, even the vaccine that's been a common symptom is the swelling of the lymph nodes under the armpits. And, you know, I hear a lot like, oh, it's just normal. It tells you that it's working, but you know. Yeah, that's your immune system responding to toxicity truly. And so, you know, we want to think about how to support lymphatic function and lymphatic drainage, if you will. Um, So one way beyond sauna is massage. Um, So deep tissue massage, and there's actually a specific lymphatic massage technique, which can work really beautifully, as well as like a myo-abdominal massage, because a lot of that circulatory function is in that centralized area of the body. Um, doing yoga can be really fantastic for the lymphatic system, especially when you're doing, um, the chest expanding and, um, what's that called? I always want to call it Shavasana, but what's like the general flow, Becky, the, you know, like, like, up, vinyasa. Down, vinyasa. I'm like the, vinyasa. you know, like the, uh, <laughs> yep. sun salutation yeah, or something sun like salutation. that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that classic, just like sun salutation, those, what is it? Six, seven movements yep. or whatnot. Um, are really good. I used to, when I was uh, consulting for MD Anderson for stage three breast cancer, that was something that, of course, after healing was a really important process to keep that lymphatic Mm -hmm. breast tissue movement. In our dance classes, we often shimmy actually, um, or we spend time without wearing a bra on purpose to support that lymphatic breast tissue movement. Um, Rotating in the shoulders and armpits is another way to kind of open up those ducts that can get crammed. Um, and then we even think about like the bouncing that I've showed you guys on Instagram, um, where you just kind of are like on your heels and like shaking your body, um, because that's going to be a different gravity impact on your lymphatic drainage, kind of creating like a, like a slamming draining, I guess is the best way to describe it. Or we'll do like the tapping, physical Mm -hmm. tapping on those areas of the body. So you guys can hear me doing that. (laughs) And like actually like, yeah, pretty aggressive, like tap, 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 like, so you're kind of hitting, um, and especially in the armpit area. And then. Um, Colette, shout out to her in dance, just made some boob balm and it uses mustard oil seed. So mustard is in that family of that phase two detox support and breast massage. We've talked about that with that episode with Susan on, um, libido or I don't know, something sexy, a couple Valentine's. Susan Bratton. Susan Bratton. Um, but breast massage is another really important one, especially if you have family history of breast cancer. So ways that we actually can get into the lymph and massage or mechanically disrupt stagnation and then we think of the fluid hydration electrolytes to help with that clearing and then of course the reset restore new detox packs are big there as well um, body brushing would be another thing in that world. And then we do talk in our detox, uh, ebook about that kind of hydrotherapy or cold mm-hmm. temperature, uh, flushing. So that's going to give you a little bit of the dynamics of vasoconstriction and vasodilation. Um, and then Epsom salt bath would be another one that we would consider to support that lymphatic drainage. And I like to do that a couple times a month. And then finally, even just putting your legs up the wall, um, is one way you know, working against gravity. So like when we're thinking about taking off your bra and moving your armpits, it's because you keep your armpits closed most of the day and that bra is compressing. Um, so same thing if your legs and feet are down, putting your legs up the wall, the inguinal node, um, which is kind of in your groin, 
is a really tender area that can often get inflamed in the early onset of a detox because you're liberating toxins. So that lymphatic drainage gets taxed, if you will. And um, I was sharing that during two detoxes ago. So my last spring detox that um, kind of massaging in that area. And that's usually an indication to me that I'm doing a successful cleanse. Like things are happening when yep. I start to get tender in that area. And that happens around for me, like day two or three of my 10 day detox. And I was going to say like foam rolling or using one of those little, um, I don't know what they're called, the little stick rollers yeah. that um, you can kind of get into that inner thigh area would be really helpful too for breaking some of that up. Yeah, totally. And then when you're doing that, you would definitely want to support yourself with Ultimate Detox or the Reset, Restore, New Detox Pack so that not only are you liberating it so it doesn't just get redeposited, but that you're actually clearing it out of your system. So water, 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 make sure good bowel movements, and then it doesn't hurt to, to sweat it out too. Yeah. All right. So let's refresh maybe on why the body needs extra detox support, and then we'll get into some of these scary sources or hidden sources of toxicity. Yes. So, you know, I love to liken this to like changing the oil in your car, if you will. Um, so, you know, just as you get an oil change to prevent your engine from clogging up and burning out, it is important that we do provide our body, uh, you know, targeted abundance of the nutrients that support that phase one and phase two detox pathway in the body. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, like I said, we are in a dirty industrialized world right now where there are upwards of six plus billion pounds of toxins released each year in our environment. And we'll get into in a moment. I keep, I hate kind of continuing to dangle that carrot, but it's coming um, as far as what some shock and awe stuff we're seeing recently. But um, when I teach my detox class, which we will send you the link to the free um, webinar that I did and you can watch, we talk about how like the umbilical blood of newborn babies has over a hundred industrialized toxins just passed through placenta, through mom's exposure. And unfortunately, there's a lot of toxins that we see that bioaccumulate so we can see toxins that are exogenous, meaning coming from the outside. So these could be food, air, water, cosmetics, or beauty, household agents. So we're looking at pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, bacteria, mold, and then of course toxins in our foods. We've talked about the impact of all those seed oils and the glyphosate residue that we see with our Roundup Ready types of crops. We see the influence of dyes, especially a lot of the dyes that are petrochemical derived, artificial flavorants, nitrates, uh, mercury found in the food system, various binders, fillers, and then of course selected toxins like alcohol, uh, dyes, bleach, chemicals, all used in our clothing system. And then we see colorants, deodorants, additives to our cosmetics, like our soaps and our toothpastes. We can see uh, metals also, like aluminum in the deodorant as well. And then we can even have a toxic response, as you kind of mentioned, Becky, to some that may not be influential based on allergy to some, but would create toxicity, um, various forms of dust, pollen, and then there's definite toxicity to smoke um, and toxic contaminants in our tap water. All of that is in the exogenous, so stuff that we're being exposed to. And a lot of it, honestly, even if you are 
living a clean lifestyle, this is a ongoing continuum. Um, so, you know, I'm talking to you right now in an LED certified home. Um, so when we're talking about like people that are living in older homes that may have lead-based paints that may have been scraped or not treated appropriately and they're just painted over, or maybe they're just not low VOC or mm-hmm. there, there's a constant, you know, there's always a good, better, best. Um, and so, and, and even within our home, we've talked about various forms of, of water filtration and whatnot. Um, I think there's always a way to move the needle to cleaner, better, improved. And it's just something that you have to just bite off one bite at a time in your, in your journey and process. So for us personally, we've been working on producing our own food. So having gardens in the backyard has been a really cool way to eliminate even on the more large scale organic, you know, the influence of the amendments in the soil that might not be as favorable and ensuring that we're getting the most bioflavonoid antioxidants from freshest from harvest time. Um, and then, you know, knowing what kind of water is used in the irrigation system and so forth. There's also endogenous toxins, and these are things that are coming from inside the body. So the reset component of my 10 day detox, where we're talking about resetting your digestive function, really emphasizes the impact that bacteria or yeast overgrowth could have on your system, as well as leaky gut. If your gut um, integrity is not intact, you're going to be having more inflammatory responses to food antigens that may not otherwise create the um, inflammatory sensitivity response, which could, could be expressed in a cytokine storm and could be then driving your detox um, process to be depleted. And then we can, of course, see byproducts from medications and other products that kind of get stored in your body, especially your fat stores. And that's really where in episode 87 of the Naturally Nourished podcast, we nerd out about how you need to detox with keto because with a ketogenic diet or with any form of weight loss that is successful, when you liberate your body fat and you lose body fat, you're also releasing the toxins that your body fat was storing to protect your vital organs. So when we're exposed to these six plus billions of toxins every year, we actually store body fat in response to toxin exposure. And so that's a way for our body to have a defense mechanism. And we see this, that's why it's not calories in, calories out. We see people in agricultural communities, higher levels of obesity and neurological disease because of the agricultural toxicity. Their body is just trying to survive through it. And so it protects and shuttles all that into fat. Um, So when you liberate and lose the body fat, you're also releasing those toxins. And then that can play a role on the endocrine system having unfavorable impact on metabolism. Okay, so living in a dirty world and, and toxins kind of coming from all fronts, um, if you will. Let's talk about some of um, these common sources of toxicity, which some might surprise some listeners. And I know there was one I was super heartbroken about. Uh, me too. <laughs> um, but first, hand sanitizer. Yes. Not heartbroken about that one. I wasn't either. <laughs> and I was happy to hear it. And, and, and just recently, just this week, actually, well, early in, in April, um, the some governmental lead, I can't think of her name, um, did share that you know the CDC guidelines have reduced from the level of 
sanitization and mm-hmm. should come down because the concern was actually more harm than good. Um, and we found out last year, you know, early in 2020, well, maybe midway through 2020, after everyone was buying out all the Clorox bleach wipes and <laughs> hand sanitizers, there's like commercials now about having a specific cup holder for your hand sanitizer. I don't know. I've seen that actually. <laughs> like what? My uh-huh. hand sanitizer is not at my co-pilot. Um, I have one foam lavender one, and then you have the do- doTERRA one, right? I have That's- the doTERRA like essential oil spray, which actually they're, they've been out of stock so many times that I just make my own um, from their essential oil, um, some rubbing alcohol, a little bit of aloe and water. Okay. Um, but I use that because I'm changing diapers all day. That's so what I was gonna like say when that I'm out and about. The only time I did use my lavender one, well, when Stella touched that pond gum. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, that's not really a frequent thing. We have our uh, tetanus kit in my car, which has hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. in it and iodine. But yep. uh, yeah, we're not a big hand sanitizer people. Uh, the concern is that um, you know the FDA actually issued middle of last year warnings that there were 75 hand sanitizer products that contained high levels of toxic methanol, um, which can cause blindness, literally even death if ingested. Um, Methanol poisoning can include nausea, dizziness, weakness, and then visual disturbances, so issues with vision, and is highly flammable. Um, So the high concern is especially when we're talking about the little kiddos um, like I see so many kids leaving Stella's school where the mom like pumps it on them on the way out. And I'm like, no, just go home just and wash, wash their hands. hands. Yep. Yeah. Like our ritual is shoes off. You walk in the house, you take your shoes off, you go to the bathroom and you wash your hands after, and you likely go to the bathroom as well. Um, and Stella has only used hand sanitizers. I could count on five fingers the amount of times. And it was when things were really gnarly, like you touch something that you could get sick sure, from. Sure, and you're out and about and don't have access to running water to wash your hands. Yes, like if we were at a petting zoo, yep. I'm like, yeah. I don't know about the bacteria balance of some of those animals. We're going to use this. Or ideal is always soap and water. Um, but there are many that were recalled in late June. And the FDA issued a warning against purchasing, you know, nine different hand sanitizer brands. We can just link the blog post. Um, but the concern was that essentially, again, this methanol, also known as wood alcohol, um, can be quite distressing to the system. Um, it can also, of course, on a less severe level, dehydrate the skin, irritate the skin, drive eczema, dermatitis. And the concern is, of course, the lower weight of children. Um, you know, young children are at the highest risk of this being a irritant for them that could be quite hazardous. And you said something, I just want to throw you a quick curveball um, about the um, taking off your shoes as part of your ritual. I want to actually call that out as maybe another hidden source of toxicity, like what we track in from the outside. I know you and I both in our households have kind of a leave your shoes at the door policy, but I think that's a super important one and one that often gets overlooked. Most definitely, especially, you know, we talked about in that microbiome connection episode and, um, you know, that impact on like treading in your environment. But when we're in a industrialized building, like wherever our office is of work and it's being germ fogged Mm -hmm. or we're talking about uh, walking around outside on the streets and and whatnot, um, I think that that's a really important way to eliminate toxicity and, and also, you know, other pathogen for sure and like lawn chemicals all of the things that you're treading in totally most definitely 
So disinfectants beyond just hand sanitizers are just another area that I want to wrap on a little bit. Um, I will again link the blog post that I shared, uh, which included my letter to Stella's school when I advocated against uh, bleach. They were using bleach as their primary um, cleaning agent, and that's actually what a lot of multi-center, you know, childcare spaces use. Um, it's cheap, it's affordable, but the issue is a lot of times someone on staff who's not a chemist is diluting it mm -hmm. and maybe not measuring it super tight. Um, we can see a high risk of respiratory infection and um, even like bronchospasms. Um, we can also see that the chlorine levels um, can be detectable interiorly or passed through the urine, um, which can cause allergic sensitization. We can see impact on our T helper cell system, which is how our immune system functions, and more of an inflammatory cytokine response to those that are exposed to bleach. So we were able to successfully shift to hydrogen peroxide and I just provided the first vat to the school and said, hey, use this. Um, so we'll link that, which has the link to the hydrogen peroxide product um, that we used. I think it's called like Green Building Company or something like that. And it's just an industrial one. And hydrogen peroxide has been FDA approved for SARS-2 COVID, which you know was important for my child's school to see that you know in writing. So that's a good little box checked already. But what's more concerning on a toxicity level versus, because that's just more respiratory inhalant truly, is the quats um, or quaternary ammonia um, products. Uh, these are quite harmful because they have the potential um, to actually damage your DNA and can have reproductive toxicity effects as well as increasing the risk of asthma. So they have a, a mutagenicity influence and um, they have been shown to damage both human and animal DNA. And we see that lymphocytes at much levels lower than present in the cleaning chemicals can be detrimental to human health. Um, we also see increased risk for tumors and cancer. Um, and we've seen impaired fertility, uh, links to miscarriage, and so much more. So this is very concerning when children and our preteens and teens and young teachers are exposed to these quats, um, which could have a huge impact on you know family planning, whole body health, and even cancer risk. I remember advocating against quats when I was um, in the restaurant industry. They would always, that was like what was recommended and used literally like right next to the sink where you're washing dishes that people are then going to be utilizing Eating. to eat off of. So pretty scary. Yes. And then we will post the um, images also in the blog of kind of good, better, best of disinfectant options because I think that this is really the time to already start thinking about your uh, children's next year school plan and you know starting to inquire and ask these questions i think that a lot of um organizations are at least open to discourse at this juncture and and trying to understand the cost to benefit effect of the measures that were put into play um, from the pandemic and then for your own household you know all about what controlling what comes through your doors, at least you can not use these products and go for something like the branch basics that you're actually diluting yourself and 
are all made from safe compounds. Yeah, I love Branch Basics. We'll put a link in the notes to an affiliate link from them um, where you can save on your first order. Uh, so safe that, you know, I've let Stella use it since age two. And so if she makes fingerprints on the windows, she goes and gets the window diluted branch basics and actually maybe puts fingerprints because it's fun for her to spray. Um, <laughs> but it's a, a vegetable mineral based cleaner yep. and um, so non-toxic that you could eat it and um, very effective. Um, we have that used throughout the household. And then in the world of pandemic stuff, I want to hit this last one because I keep thinking about it, the more and more I see people outside wearing masks, the more masks I see like strewn on the ground and left in the environment, in nature, and even seeing like pictures of friends traveling to the beach and wearing their masks on a hot summer day baking in the sun. I'm like, you have a Teflon pan on your face basically right now. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to, to liken it. Um, so, you know, we're seeing the production and use of face masks higher than ever. You know, we're looking at 129 billion face masks used worldwide each month. That's like 3 million masks a minute, essentially. Um, and they're not being recycled. There's no protocol. Unlike plastic bottles, which have 25% on average of recycling rates, um, there's no protocol of how to dispose of these. And um, I'm especially talking about the ones that are like the PPEs mm-hmm. that are made from micro-sized plastic fibers. And um, you know the thickness of these are one millimeter to 10 millimeters. Um, they can release micro-sized particles into the environment more readily, especially in warm temperatures, like you said. And so more um, output than even a plastic bag because of the thinness. So they are able to break down easier. Also, they're going to engage with the microbes from your mouth. So all of your oral commensals, um, which are now frequently maintaining in the lungs, um, we see high concern of this for respiratory function and lung cancer. But wearing a PPE mask made from micro-sized plastic could even further exacerbate this. Um, The propylethylene is one of the most problematic plastics, and that's a huge waste accumulator for our environment, a huge known asthma trigger. And the issue is that, again, the masks are subjected to solar radiation and heat. And so the degradation of the polypropylene is going to be slowed down due to its hydrophobicity, its high molecular weight, and lacking a functional group to remove it. Um, And so what we can actually see is that we'll have more PAHs um, that can be genotoxic, um, and not even including the note of the dyes and the other plasticizers and toxic effects that could impact, um, you know, both cancer as well as the same mutagenicity or DNA toxic effect and could influence even hormonal or endocrine function. So, you know, the best would be no mask, but if we have to do a mask, the mesh like Sissy Lala that we can breathe out of or a cloth mask would be preferred and taking it off as often as possible. Yeah, and and we'll also, let's just go ahead and put that education piece as well. There's a graphic on that. And um, that's what I'm saying to parents is this is the time again to advocate for maskless schools on a return for fall. But if they must, an organic cotton single layer is the only really acceptable less harm. And yes, you have to wash it every day because of the bacterial impact. Um, But organic cotton would be 
best choice and breathable. I'm shocked when I see people with these like sequence ones that are like, or satin. I had a server yeah, at a no. restaurant serve yeah. me the satin one. And I'm like, you cannot breathe through that type of material. Anyway. I think those are being advocated for like safer for your skin or like silk ones or something like that, like better for not uh, causing breakouts, but I doubt it because you can't breathe. (laughs) Right. Breathing is kind of important. Um, But yeah, really the PPEs that are from those tiny plastics are the ones that are really being overly produced and really contributing to environmental toxin and toxins in the wearer's body. Okay, now on to the one that made us both kind of sad. Yeah. Topo Chico. (laughs) I know. A client shared this with me, and I was shocked because Topo Chico was kind of one of my, like, tricks to not tox myself if I was out drinking. Right. (laughs) Because I would order a Topo everywhere with a lime in between. But Topo Chico was found to have high amounts of PFAs. So they tested, actually, there was a consumer report that tested 45 brands of bottled water, and um, there were levels over one PPT, which is the recommended limit, in a couple different sparkling, popular sparkling water brands out there. So uh, the ones that got called out were Topo Chico at the highest. It was the worst offender. Um, The thought was that maybe when they changed ownership by Mm Coca-Cola, which I think was a couple years ago, it came back at 9.76. And so again, it's supposed to be under one. That's quite remarkable. And then down from Topo was Polar, natural seltzer water, bubbly blackberry sparkling water, Poland spring zesty lime, Canada dry. LaCroix came in at 1.16. So just for reference again, from 9.76 to 1.16. And I always thought like, oh, Topo's in glass. Definitely less toxic than the aluminum can of LaCroix or LaCroix. Um, And then Perrier of like the kind of more conventional brands came back at 1.1. So if I'm out at a restaurant now, I will be ordering Perrier, if they have it, over Topo. Yeah, I still had a Topo this weekend, come to think of it. But we're in a place where it's like, it's going to be that or it's going to be water from the gun. And honestly, I don't know which was worse. I know, I know. So so PFAs are a group of over 5,000 toxic fluorinated chemicals. And they've been used in manufacturing big companies and by big governments for decades and they have now totally taken over and contaminated our environment and drinking water. The concern with PFAs is that they can suppress our immune system, they can drive increased cancer risk. So when we're looking at things like liver tumors, testicular cancer, they can disrupt thyroid hormone function, um, which for me with Hashimoto's is kind of a big deal. Uh, They can impact delayed mammary gland development, um, decreased vaccine antibody response, increased cholesterol, and atopic dermatitis. In fact, that's how it got brought to my attention. One of my clients was drinking like two Topos a day, Mm -hmm. and she was having really severe breakouts, like cystic, cystic acne. She started taking our detox packs, and that helped. But it wasn't until she pulled out the topo that she got full resolution. I do have, I have some clients who say they drink like two to four of those a day, which I always try to get them to like regular filtered water anyway. And we say like one sparkling would be reasonable in a day. Um, But that's super interesting. And I've seen clients with like the perioral dermatitis um, that we pulled the topo and we're now waiting to see if their skin recalibrates, which I bet it will. 
Yeah, it's interesting because in our YouTube video on cast iron pans, um, we can link that in the show notes. We talked about DuPont, you know, the company that used the the PFOAs to make the Teflon. Like you mentioned, the masks comparing to like Teflon on your face. So these are these same what are called forever chemicals, and these PFAs are basically persistent chemicals that don't disappear. They stick in our environment and in our bodies for a persistent, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) For an elongated period of time. Um, And it's very difficult for our natural detox processes to rid them. So for sparkling water choices, I know that the Mountain Valley Spring glass bottle sparkling water would be like the best choice, but it sounds like LaCroix or something like that would be reasonable. Good, better, best. As well. Um, Or doing like I mean, I do the soda stream at home, which I know like you use plastic to um, actually charge it up, but you're not keeping it in there for any extended period of time. And I'm using the Mountain Valley that I'm turning into sparkling water for that for less glass waste. Yeah. So let's kind of hit on that. You mentioned Mountain Valley a couple times, uh, just the topic overall of water, right? Because we always recommend like in our keto class, two to three liters of fluid a day. Uh, with detox, we're also recommending that same amount because you need that fluid to aid in that hydration, that activation of phase one, and also support the lymphatic flow. But unfortunately, tap water uh, is not very clean. And like the fridge filters can have a lot of drama as well. So maybe let's hit on the kind of shock and awe stuff and then good, better, best for whole house filtration and spring water. Yeah, I was just rethinking this recently when there was a boil advisory here in Austin after the freeze. And I was like, oh, we usually use the fridge for like coffee, tea, you know, if we're making bone broth or something, I don't want to use a whole mess of, of Mountain Valley, but um, we switched out our filter after that because I was like, I don't know what's getting stuck totally. in there. Yeah. Um, so I think bacteria and mold are actually a big concern with the refrigerator water filters. Yep. And actually just in 2020, the Environmental Workers Group came out. We can link this also in the show notes that the first time ever in tap water in the U.S. in major cities, um, dozens of U.S. cities and major metropolitan areas had toxic fluorinated chemicals. So again, these forever chemicals are now being found in the tap water and those fridge filters are usually just carbon-based. So A, yes, the the plastic kind of mechanism that filters uh, can hold mold and bacteria, which is definitely concerning. Um, And also, you know, we know that they do filter some of the chlorine and that's the big kind of taste variants mm-hmm. that people notice in filtered water. Chlorine is used in municipal water treatment to kill off pathogen, um, but chlorine does not remove traces of pharmaceutical drugs or toxic metals or these um, persistent chemicals that we're seeing now found in our tap water. So, you know, if we really want to remove arsenic, fluoride, nitrate, nitrites, barium, and other uh, compounds, we have to think about it a little bit of a different approach. And the whether it's a Brita water filter or, you know, the fridge filters, those really aren't going to do the trick. Yeah. And the Brita, then I get concerned you're using this plastic object over and over and over again. I know some people who've had that in their house. I'm thinking of my parents for like, you know, decades at this yes. point using the same one. Yes, changing the filter, um, but they're not really doing a heck of a lot. They're, they're more going for taste, which like you said, it's stripping the chlorine, but they might even be taking out some of the beneficial minerals and then leaving behind stuff that we don't want in there. 
Right. And when we're talking about the bacteria that can be left in water, it makes me think of uh, last year there was a big breakout of Legionnaire's disease. And um, we were seeing this because Legionella is a pathogen that's found in especially like older pipes of like schools and when a lot of buildings were shut down and then those those water pipes weren't moving that stagnation Mm -hmm. created a dangerous buildup of bacteria and then those individuals were you know wearing masks covering their expel expelation glands or their ability to expel in the respiratory tract and a lot of them were seeing similar symptoms to covid and then being tested negative and they found that really harmful bacteria which can be likened to like black mold it can really create respiratory stress and be quite toxic for the body to process yes so um the mountain valley spring is what becky and i both use and um i don't have any like affiliate code for them but i wish i did because i feel like i'm talking about them all the time um they have beautiful water quality reports that they provide it's spring water that is delivered in glass bottles so the natural spring source is in Arkansas. Um, I can't say the Wachacha Mountains. <laughs> O-U-A-C-H-Wachita. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I need that pronunciation. But anyway, it's spring water from Arkansas, um, a spring that's been tapped since 1871 um, in a remote valley surrounded by 2,000 acres of protected forest. Um, the water is bottled in um, glass, like I said, and is tested regularly both for organic and inorganic chemicals. And what's really amazing is, you know, unlike some of the reverse osmosis systems and such, they have really beautiful blend of the natural occurring solids and uh, minerals that are ideal so that you're not actually throwing off like often with reverse osmosis you have to then remineralize your water and such um, the taste is just phenomenal i would say that's like one of my big things for it's sure the best water if i'm ever away from home like we were this weekend I'm like i can't drink any of this water <laughs> right i know i even try to it's buy terrible. a spring water yeah. jug but then it's in yeah. plastic and yeah. it's different um, but they also do have sparkling water options but i mean they test for different forms of you know radium inorganic chemicals uh, including toxic metals um, they do show their levels of like selenium and potassium and uh, minerals that you'd want to see and as well as pathogen and so much more that are non-detectable um, so I just find that to be really kind of bar none the best and then I will link um, the radiant life whole house filtration system um, and I'm going to contact them because I have some friends that have affiliate codes with them so I'm going to try to get you guys a discount code by the time that this episode airs and they have various forms of whole house filtration their most fancy one is five thousand dollars and that's whole house like that can actually even work they say for businesses and like schools and such so that's like for all your showers and your sink water and whatnot Um, and then they also have smaller models that start in the couple hundreds that you can put under your sink Mm -hmm. Um, so we did that at my old office in Houston Um, it's called direct connect and it ranges from $99 to $299 and I just feel that that's far superior to any fridge filter and like for the exact purpose Becky we do our bone broth with tap water and I was thinking as we did the fond ad I was like oh right because uh, Brady always says well we we simmer it anyway that's his, right. like argument um but I mean it really doesn't filter out any of the toxicity and especially some of these persistent um organic chemicals so I think that this is a definite need for the next home 
Yeah. Um, and I know some folks have like the Berkey filter, which is a countertop option for drinking. I think just in that case, you'd want to add some mineral back, like doing an electrolyte supplement, um, kind of with your water on top of that. Right. Yeah. And radiant, radiant life has that too. Okay, they they cool. call it cause it's not the Berkey brand, but they call it the SS, the stainless steel gravity countertop filter. Okay. And it's the exact same model, exact same, you know, mechanism. And I think it's a better price point. Um, but absolutely. And they have really good customer service. So they'll kind of tell you that that cost to benefit even to the level of just doing like your rain shower, uh, filter of your house, $29 to $45. So a lot of options there. I'll, I'll send you guys a link in the show notes to radiant life catalog. Okay, cool. All right. So before we go into the listener questions, we're going to have a quick ad from our mid-roll NutriSense. So NutriSense aids in understanding your blood glucose levels for upwards of two weeks, 24-7. They completely take out the guesswork from the equation so you get to see a personalized response to food, stress, exercise, sleep, instead of a generic meet your macros type recommendation. So they provide you a CGM that gives you real-time glucose data for upwards of 14 days and they have an app that you can upload with your phone that helps you to combine and visualize your glucose data with all of your daily activities. So you're able to plot your exercise if you had a stressful phone call or intensive day, uh, your quality of sleep, and then your food intake. And their staff is super great. They have registered dietitians on staff that will provide personalized recommendations on how to improve your health. I have had now over 30 different clients use CGMs and our next level keto group is going to be using a CGM with Becky and I. And um, I have really had good relationships with their coaches as well. When I see my clients' emails that they forward me from their team, they're pretty spot on, like calling out, hey, I see when you did breath work and meditation at your lunch break that you had a postprandial read that was 17 points lower than when you rushed into your first meeting. How can you achieve this on a daily basis? Um, so I think it's a really beautiful way to just connect real time, real life information. And I think that it takes out all of those unknowns that can really create an empowered metabolic flexibility. I've also seen with clients more food freedom. You know, a lot of people are eating really rigidly with the perception that they aren't able to have a honey crisp apple midday with nut butter or that they aren't able to have a non, you know, only non-starchy vegetables and no sweet potatoes. But what we're seeing is, hey, when you moved your body midday or before uh, you had your dinner, you allotted yourself an extra 20 grams of carbs of metabolic flexibility. Um, so it's just a really great way to really understand empowerment with intake, stress, exercise, and sleep. I love the whole team over there. You can go to NutriSense.io, that's N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E.io, and use the code ALLYRD. This will give you $30 off a monthly subscription plan. So it will not work as a discount. You can still put me down as a referral to let them know you learned about me from the Naturally Nourished podcast. I always appreciate that. Um, but if you do their monthly subscription plan, you get $30 off in your first subscription. And I do think it's worth doing like three meters. You can space them out over you know a longer period of time. You don't have to wear them consecutively, but definitely great to set up some like ABC experiments. So I've played with, for instance, with patients of 
taking GABACOM at particular times of the day when they typically have a, post, a, a, a spike of their blood sugar non-related to food. Or I've played with, like I said, walking or movement either before or after the meal with different clients at different times or watching their sleep or if they had less screen time. And so you can kind of toggle all these variables and make real sense, real time with your metabolism that is going to impact your blood sugar for prevention of diabetes, as well as your wellness goals, and so much more. So go on over to Nutrisense.io and use the code AllieRD. Okay, so before we go into a couple of listener questions, let's just talk about maybe your last couple rounds of the 10-day detox and any aha moments or maybe anything that you're looking forward to in this next round. Yeah, I was going to have us both share, and then I'm like, well, it's been a while for you, Becky. <laughs> I, yeah, it's been too long for me. <laughs> you to, carried that baby I for nine. I always enjoy it yes. when I do it, and I'm looking forward to doing it, but I don't really remember much from the real, real, yes. Yeah. And we'll get to you at the end when we talk about the breastfeeding thing. Yep. So, yes. So, for me, um, honestly, every time, like I kind of said in the beginning on the continuum of clean eating and living and thinking of this detox process as something that's ongoing, um, every time I do a 10 day detox, I try to commit to two to three things that I experienced during those 10 days that I want to maintain, and then two to three things that I want to release. Um, So this last round that I did was between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, during that time, I established because of <laughs> because of the pandemic, I was drinking a lot more mm-hmm. than I was, you know, in other years and such. And wine just kind of snuck right in there as a kind of more common. There we go. Five o'clock clinic is done. Pour me a glass of wine, Brady. Um, and so I did establish. I was like, okay, I need to at least have two to three days a week of non-drinking days. And I'm going to track that on my calendar. And so if I have social events or gathering with women or whatnot, I have to like plan accordingly and then you know, be disciplined on a different day. And to find a good behavioral replacement, um, I started drinking and I love these, um, kombuchas from California. What's the name of the company? I know it's the Pinot Sage. Um, it's like Marin County. Yeah. I think think it's called Marin County. And so it's less vinegar profile than most. Um, my gut really loves it. And it is just beautiful flavor profile. So I've been like pouring that because I'm really ritualistic and I like that wine glass. So I've been doing that as like two to three space hold times. And um, the last time around also was getting back into use of the grass-fed whey. Um, So now I'm pretty regularly established of getting my greens in every single day. That had kind of fallen off in the winter months as well. Um, now my garden is booming, which is awesome for accountability, but doing a green smoothie like three times a week and using a scoop of my grass fed whey, I typically do like two cups of greens, an inch of ginger, optional turmeric, about a third cup of frozen mango, about a third cup of full fat coconut milk. Um, and like today Brady put basil in it from the garden. It just kind of depends, um, whip that up and then add my scoop of grass fed whey. And that's a really great way that I've been breaking my fast. And I also pulled out coffee daily. So coffee is one of those like love hate things for someone like me who runs on adrenaline. And, um, I have found that if I can give myself three optional, uh, uh, it's really optimal if I can go four and I can drink more coffee if I'm relaxed on vacation, but when it's like a stressful clinic day, I'm trying to go three to four days without coffee and just doing tea in this place. So I'll do like an herbal iced tea now that it's getting hot. 
I'm going to be brewing some rooibos tonight and adding some orange slices in the fridge. So that'll be a good kind of infusion. And it just kind of layers from there. I mean, when I started in the first rounds, it was like, okay, um, I'd always been tight on protein, but that's a goal that I see people do. Okay, only grass-fed or wild-caught fish, um, or I'm only gonna I'm gonna look for more farmers market visits, or you know I'm gonna join a CSA for community-supported agriculture, always to just kind of get closer and move that needle. And this time around, I'm just really excited for a tight detox approach, and also maybe like tightening up my calories and doing a little reset, and um, feeling the tingle in my body. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about matcha lattes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that part along with you, the like no coffee 10 days. I think that could be really good. Um, for... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now that Noah's sleeping through, I don't have as much of an excuse to be a tired mama. I just am tired. <laughs> <laughs> Such is life. Um, but matcha lattes, I think, are, are one thing I'm going to add in. And that um, cucumber avocado detox soup, I always love making that when that the weather gets a little bit hotter. Yes. Um, it's so refreshing and like adding a scoop of grass-fed whey into that or doing like a couple hard-boiled eggs alongside of that as a quick, easy lunch that you can do in like ball jars, you know, over a couple of days. I'm really looking forward to that too. Or just 3.30, 4 o'clock snack. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just to get it in. I agree. Yep. Um, and I'm looking forward to bringing back kale chips. It's been like two months since I've had those. So I'm kind of stoked on that. All right. Um, and... Although we have tons of content out there, let's just chat on maybe a couple of other um, favorite detox supporting foods. Okay. So when we're thinking again of the diet approach, we're looking at bioflavonoids, high antioxidant to prevent that oxidative stress from that activation of the toxins. And then we're looking at all of those sulfur-containing amino acids. And when we're talking sulfur, the first thing that comes to mind is cruciferous vegetables. So we're thinking of ramping up the glutathione levels, um, which play, glutathione plays a role in both phase one and phase two detox. So we're looking at the amino acids glutamine, cysteine, and glycine to aid in the building of glutathione. And those cruciferous veg, so we're talking cauliflower, Brussels, um, cabbage. I was just talking to a client this morning about cabbage steaks. I love, I've been really into cabbage since Christina Kerp inspired me to do those cabbage steaks at high heat. And in the summer, I love to do a good old cabbage slaw. There's an awesome one in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook with cilantro. And cilantro is another great um, compound to support glutathione levels. It has a really beautiful salad dressing with lime and cumin. And cumin is another seasoning spice that boosts up the glutathione stores. Um, so cruciferous veg, herb seasonings, bone broth is a big one. And so even though we're getting into the hot months already, um, I still think sipping on bone broth and considering in our 10 day detox, we have the option of layering in a bone broth fast. Um, it's actually our most popular YouTube video right now. So if you haven't watched it, we'll link that as well. Um, but doing like a three or four day bone broth fast in the middle of the 10 day detox would be a really great way to get a ramp up of that glutamine. Um, and that's going to support gut integrity, but also again, the detox with the knack and such. And you can level up your bone broth by adding in like seaweed. I love to add torn nori sheets, um, a little bit of miso maybe for probiotic and scallions or chopped garlic. Um, getting the glycine from skins, so like bone in, skin on proteins, 
pork rinds with guacamole would be great. Yeah, you get to eat pork rinds during our 10-day detox. That's how cool we are. <laughs> and um, <laughs> beyond a juice cleanse. And then even eggs. Egg yolks are really beautiful for this as well. And then just bring in all the color that you can with herb seasoning spices. So uh, turmeric, really beautiful. The, the curcumin and turmeric can really aid in ramping up the glutathione levels. We've seen this in research studies showing endogenous increase or production increase. And that's why super turmeric would be a good level on. In the supplement world, Becky, what would be other considerations? And let's talk supplements. That's our first listener question is, I'm doing the 10 day detox. I got the packs. What I take a lot of naturally nourished supplements. What uh-huh. products do I stop? So the only one you'd have to, or not even have to stop, but you likely would stop would be our ultimate detox formula because that would be a little bit redundant with what you're already doing in the detox packs. Remember the packs are gonna have three of the ultimate detox. So depending on the day of cleanse, um, you'll either be doing six of those or upwards of nine a day on the days you're doing three of the detox packs. So you could shelf that one if you are taking it, Um, but nothing else that you would have to stop. Um, In fact, you'd want to continue on, you know, your basics of your multi, your fish oil, your vitamin D, et cetera, and any stress supporting formulas. We wouldn't really recommend stopping any of that. Um, added layers though, um, certainly bringing in like the Brocco detox, yeah. I think could be a great layer, especially if you're someone who runs estrogen dominant, which we just put out an episode on that. So go back to 234, right? I think it was, um, yeah. And listen to that. Um, if you tend toward hormonal imbalance or estrogen dominance, or if there are hormone related reasons that you're coming to a detox, I think a really good reason to add that on. Or cancer history for Brocco detox because of the DNA stability and cellular support, and even history of H. pylori. um, That's one of the ones that we'll layer in for that. Um, So gut pathogen stuff Mm -hmm. in history, if you had done the beat the bloat cleanse, then maybe the Brocco detox is gonna be supportive to continue on. Um, I would also say the super turmeric or inflammazyme would be a good one to just ramp up that antioxidant support. And then um, the GI lining support would be one as well. And cell antiox, um, as far as cell antiox is going to be, cellular antiox um, is going to be the N-acetylcysteine and the um, S-acetyl glutathione. So that's going to really be ramping up that antioxidant capacity. And I will call to attention, we do have a section in the 10 Day Detox ebook now that's kind of like, okay, finished my detox, what's next? And it goes through those formulas um, and tells you why you should be taking them and when and so forth. Yeah. And I would say also when you're on the website at AllieMillerRD.com, definitely take some time looking at the, um, what are they called? Accordion folds. Um, There's always really interesting research that we try to add in there. There's Q&A section. There is um, even some visual aids that we're layering in as we're building more of those out. So a lot of content is in there as well as, of course, the coding for if it's safe for children, uh, breastfeeding or pregnancy. And we have that um, detox and defend bundle as well. That would be a great layer to do like post detox. So it has the detox packs in it. It's got the cellular antiox and the Brocco detox. So really intended for ongoing detoxification support. And you could use those packs then like one a day or something like that afterward. Yeah. I, well, that's another question. So I'll read that one. Sure. I felt so awesome doing the 10 day detox. I want to do it again. How soon is too soon? And can I keep rocking with my one to two packs daily? Let's um, address this and who would be a good fit. So 
If you are feeling awesome on the 10 day detox, yes, you can absolutely extend it. In fact, I had back in the day, a 10 day and a 21 day protocol. Um, as far as like the protocol with the food intake and such, I would say you would just cruise at days nine and 10 as the like recommended diet ongoing, protocol. Yeah. yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, so you would just keep out those things that are the bigger pro-inflammatory irritants and then, you know, be focusing on those kind of generalized food as medicine goals. And so you could do that for an entire month if you wanted. And I would just keep the packs at one at rise, one at bed. Absolutely, that could be appropriate. And I like your recommendation that the detox and defend bundle is going to have the um, celly antiox in there. And then what's the other one in there? Uh, Broco detox? Broco detox. Yeah. Box is there of one detox more? packs. I think just those are I the two. Those three things. Right? Okay. So we'll look at the end and let you know. <laughs> um, but that would be the great transition, I would say. Yeah. Is, and then you would use basically the pack, like one pack at bed, and then maybe only two packs a day. This would be following the 30 days. Then you'd go down to just like one pack at bed, and then the Brocco Detox one twice daily, and then you would do um, the Cellular Antiox um, one at rise, one midday. And I've mentioned this on other podcasts. Um, oftentimes I'll have clients who use the detox packs like going into either ovulation or into their menstrual cycle. Um, if they're dealing with, you know, hormonal acne or any kind of hormonal imbalance, to be honest, um, that can be a really good layer. And before I got pregnant, I think I was using one detox pack at bed almost every night. Yeah. And, and I think anyone who's in a cosmetic, um, you know, based job, uh, individuals that are in the medical field, especially like anesthesiology or when we're exposed to toxins, um, as, um, inhalants, um, if we're talking about um, individuals that are in all of those spaces that we talked about, the industrialized tech toxins. So sure. your workspace, if you don't have control of that and what products are being used to clean and disinfect. If you're a teacher in a school, you know, these would be something that you'd consider as a support. And yes, people with um, cystic acne, people with um, endocrine or hormone imbalance um, would be big ones, especially if also estrogen dominant. Uh, individuals with chronic fatigue syndrome would be another area of focus. And then just any known chronic toxic exposure. Um, so that's a strong consideration. We'll put that bundle. And yes, it is just those three products, the box of the detox packs, the Brocco detox and the cell antiox. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. All right. How about this one? Can I have wine on your 10 day detox? Yeah, you can. Um, so it's true. It's true. Our protocol does allow wine on days one and two and nine and 10. And that doesn't mean that you have to have wine to be very clear. And, you know, yes, there is some dirt in wines. And so you want to be mindful. And I don't mean soil. Um, <laughs> soil's a good thing. But when we're talking about wine, a lot of it is just over sterilized and really kind of like a chemically lab produced liquid versus a product of nature. So when we're looking at wine, good, better, best, I am a big proponent of dry farmed wine. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes for dry farm wines, and we're going to have them on in a couple weeks talking about updates in the wine industry. There's over 76 unregulated chemicals, including food colorants, glyphosate residue from Roundup, 
and so much more beyond the sulfates that we are concerned about causing our migraines. Um, so looking for a wine that is really a product of nature and takes in that terroir of the elements and the earth is going to have a higher amount of polyphenols and antioxidants and will actually yield some of that health support. It's also going to be lower alcohol percent because the alcohol comes from the added sugars. So the wineries that are like those big, bold 15% alcohol cabs and such are dumping pounds and pounds of sugar into their wine. So we don't want to be doing the, car, the higher carb wines and the sugar. That's the stuff that's going to really hurt in your joints the next day and your head. Um, so make sure that it is a clean, non-additive um, wine. So you can check out Dry Farm Wines. Um, and there's a promo code going on right now. They're doing a rosé promo, which I love rosé. I've called it summer water before, but it's not water. Don't worry. I know this. Um, but there are three packs and six packs that they're doing as one time or subscriptions. And I just had a really beautiful dry floral, uh, rosé that I really enjoyed by them. I'll put a link for that special promo. I think that runs all the way through the month of April. Cool. All right. There's your answer. Um, let's circle back to the detox or a uh, detox and breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, I think it's the last one to hit. Yeah. So I see that the detox packs aren't marked safe with breastfeeding. Am I not to do the 10-day detox? What about the use of packs when consuming alcohol if I'm breastfeeding? So we always say that we have to take the most conservative road when we're using those icons on our website of safety for pregnancy breastfeeding. And so we've talked about this in relationship to, for instance, GABACalm and you know how GABACalm is bioidentical to what your body produces. Becky shared how she used GABACalm during times of high stress because the cost to benefit when pregnant of cortisol impacting baby unfavorably and the spikes of adrenaline and blood pressure as opposed to regulating your system and calming down, likely better. But still as the icon, we have to say not because there was one study that showed blood pressure drop with use of bioidentical GABA. Again, most women run a little bit higher on the end of their pregnancy. So generally speaking, I would say for myself personally and family members, I would say that that's likely a safe choice. Um, in the world of the detox packs, the concern is, like we were talking about with the lymphatic flow, um, that when you are taking the detox packs, you are going to support that liberation or excretion, and you do detox through your lymphatic system, which would pass off. I mean, your breast milk is basically a release. Um, so just like your urination and your feces, you are releasing both nutrients and toxins in your breast milk. So especially, yeah, if we're talking about the cost to benefit of alcohol consumption and detox support, um, I do think that it would be fitting to use a detox pack when drinking and probably when drinking, when breastfeeding, that's going to be at a time, especially if your baby is um, over you know, six months. And then especially if we're getting to the level of like comfort feeding. So you could do the 10 day detox in various ways. If your baby is exclusively breastfeeding, and um, is not eating any solids yet, you could still absolutely follow the 10-day detox diet. You just wouldn't follow any of the calorie restriction. And if you have a six-hour window where you're not breastfeeding, it would be appropriate for maybe, it would be a little bit more liberalized, but six for sure as a conservative, which hopefully every mom has at least a six-hour window of not breastfeeding, even when they're breastfeeding what feels like all the time. Um, and that would be the time to take just one pack. So you could just take one detox pack and you'd have that safety six-hour window. You'd be urinating in between and releasing. And then that lymphatic, remember the whole idea of like pump and dump isn't true. You're constantly recirculating that lymphatic flow. It's not like your breasts just fill and sit. Um, all of that's constantly churning and moving in your body. 
Um, and so if you have a six hour window, you would just take one pack at that time. And then, um, as baby sleeping through the night, maybe you're getting eight hours and then maybe you're getting a nap here and there and you just fed and maybe you're having, you know, something midday or whatever, or you wanted to level up and baby starting to eat solids. Um, then I think that you could definitely fit in a second pack, a couple of those days. And, um, when you're just comfort feeding, like just a rise and just a bed feed, um, I think you can absolutely fit in even the three days, uh, the yeah. three pack days, uh, within your schedule and, and would have no risk to babe. Cool. Good to know. It's an abundance <laughs> of nutrients, you know, so you're not yep. getting any toxins. It's right. just cleaning up what you already got. And, um, you just wouldn't want to upregulate that and then give that off within, right. you know, like an hour of that active nutrient absorption. Right. And during pregnancy, not so much. You could still follow the diet without caloric restriction, but we wouldn't really want to do the detox yeah, packs the, during that time. The only reason I would ever consider a detox pack during pregnancy is if really exposed to toxicity. Sure, so yeah. like if you were like by, you know, a train station all day and like breathing in fumes sure. and you just felt okay. like you needed a little bit of nutrient support because again, your body's just going to be releasing that anyway and passing that on. But generally speaking, yeah, I'd say not worth it. Okay. Got awesome. It. So lots of content for y'all as always. Um, definitely uh, go check out the 10 day detox ebook with the code podcast detox. Is that right? Podcast detox yep. for just $1.99. Um, I will be more active engaged this week on Instagram as I start my cleanse on either the 20th or the 21st so tomorrow or the next day. Um, and stay active, share your stories, tag at Allie Miller RD with what you're eating, what you're doing. We'll also link you the free webinar that you can view to really jumpstart and get locked and loaded. And we will chat with you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.